how to handle data processing requests from customers. That's our topic for today's MSP Zone. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. Oh man, this is going to be an exciting episode. Exciting. But we're talking about data processing. How can it be exciting at all? No, trust me, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot, a lot for us to cover today. And it's not going to be all legalese and complexity. It's going to be broken down, made simple so everyone can understand. And it's going to be something that every MSP ought to be considering if you're not already considering it. And I wager there's a lot of you guys out there that are not thinking about this stuff and you're just going through the motions, you're signing documents, you don't even know what you're signing. Uh Uh-uh. After today, you're going to have a whole new perspective on that and hopefully put your practice on the right path towards compliance and security and, um, and all that fun stuff. So, Let's dive right into it. Uh, joining me again from the great state of Texas is uh, our friend Rob Scott. Welcome back to MSP Zone. Thank you, Charlie. All right. So, Rob, for the average MSP that might be maybe starting out their practice, you know, this year, or last year, there's a lot of them, by the way, a ton of new startup MSPs. Um, or maybe you're a legacy MSP. You've been doing this for a while, but you know what? You've heard about data processing. You think you have an understanding of what it means, but maybe you don't really. Why don't we start at the beginning? What is your definition, Rob, of of data processing? Look, I, I think about in the broadest sense, data processing is everything that MSPs are doing with customers. It includes consulting, it includes hosting, it includes uh, accessing uh, the definition of data processing is very intentionally broad and it's meaningful because there are a number of international federal and state regulations that, um, come into play when an MSP is engaged in data processing and that processing involves data that's regulated by one or more laws. So it's, can we, can we, generically call it as is the the MSP's handling of that data you can but it, it's almost uh, uh, misleading because you don't have to handle it to be processing you don't actually have to access it really to be processing you mean so, potential access potential handling the the ability to have that is that Closer? I think I think one way to describe it, it under, for example, federal law in the U.S., the concept is permitted access. You don't have to do it, but you could. So I get a lot of MSPs who say, you know, I, I'm not really certified because I don't host anything. I'm not a hosting provider. And they think that because they don't host something that they are uh, excluded uh, from having to demonstrate compliance. It almost sounds like that, where it's it's not that you don't have to host anything, it's that you have potential access. We call it logical access. And, and it's that logical access to data that, that 
that implicates the MSP in this data processing examination. Correct. Okay. All right. That and an, and a law that would be applicable. Understood. And we're yeah. and we're going to get into very specific uh, examples of laws and and rules that that implicate this. So. In the context of right, because this is this is an ongoing series that we've been doing about MSP contract negotiations, and in your experience, how or when does does the concept of data processing typically come up in in the course of a customer MSP relationship? So the data processing terms of a managed services contract. Uh, can be a significant portion of the negotiations, particularly as you get into mid-market, certainly enterprise. In the SMB space, you're likely to see it with heavily regulated um, clientele, such as uh, small hospital groups or uh, doctor's offices or dental clinics. These are all you know, subject to HIPAA in the United States. Um, or you have financial institutions, could be small credit unions, could be, you know, car dealerships that are giving a lot of car loans out or, or uh, payday uh, loan services. Uh, all of those would be regulated under GLBA. So, so it really is going to depend on what vertical is, what laws apply. And then the best way to think about it is the MSP becomes subject to that regulation by virtue of becoming a service provider for a customer that's subject to the regulation. Okay. So uh, let's, let's pick something that's fairly, uh, fairly ubiquitous, uh, common amongst the practicing MSPs in the United States, and that's healthcare, right? So uh, certainly, if you're a mid-market enterprise player in managed services, as Rob just said, you're likely going to have this very explicitly raised as an issue in during the contract and, and Rob we are talking about the contract phase of of discussions between MSP and customer correct that's right okay. you know the, these these discussions regarding data processing terms become part and parcel of the either renewal or new uh, engagement customer contract stack okay now Taking the example of healthcare, because, and I'm, I'm taking that because, A, we've got a fairly significant federal law called HIPAA that has been in, on the books for a long time, and it, it impacts enterprise, mid-market, but most importantly, a lot of these small, medium business market, SMBs, because they are doing business with small practitioner's offices, you know, a dentist office, um, a, a, a medical clinic, um, the SMB customer is very likely to be uh, a medical practitioner or in some way covered by HIPAA. So in, in that scenario, you probably have seen some examples where it's not just at the contract stage, but it's, it's maybe even after, like many years after, correct? And, and how would that manifest itself? The uh, MSP gets a letter from the customer that says, in light of our obligations under HIPAA, all of our vendors have to sign this agreement. And it, it's styled as a business associates agreement. It has frequently the elements that are required under the statute. But my concern has been that 
A lot of times it includes a lot of other things that are not required by the regulations, but are really just a renegotiation of terms that I think should be handled in the master agreement. Okay. So, so if, if you are an MSP out there listening to us and you have an existing relationship with a, a managed services customer who has already signed an agreement, Rob, what you're saying is the presence of a, hey, would you mind signing this BA agreement? It's just to cover us for HIPAA. In your opinion, that is potentially, it, first of all, it's an important thing, right? Don't, don't ignore it. But secondly, don't necessarily sign it because you might be renegotiating or reopening and, and potentially contradicting what you've already agreed to with that party in your master service agreement. Did I get that right? Correct. And, and to go one step further, we recommend that all uh, MSPs that have any healthcare vertical have a standard HIPAA business associates agreement that complies with the regulations and does nothing else. And you give that to your customer that's in healthcare and that you tell that customer, this is our BAA. We don't, we don't deviate from this. This is the one we use. I'm not signing yours. Yeah. You sign ours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So aside from, you know, you know, it's MSPs like anybody else, right? They, they follow or like to follow the, the customer is always right mantra, which I, I get as a customer service concept, but, this is not, this is, this is, uh, this is serious stuff. This is not just a make everyone happy, no matter what the, the, the cost. There, there are some real repercussions. We just talked about potentially conflicting documents that, uh, that could cause problems if, if, you know, if there's a breach down the road or a, 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 contra- a contractual um, debate or, or question. Th- th- this is coming up significantly and frequently that you think that the customer, that the MSPs ought to have their own BA agreement and they ought to have some sort of provision in their, their agreement templates that talk about data processing in general. That, is that correct? Well, 100% and in a number of different places. First and foremost, in our master agreement, we specifically list a variety of uh, privacy and security regulations and expressly disclaim um, compliance with or uh, you know, have the customer specifically say that they're not going to be dealing with any of the data that's subject to the various regulations that are being listed. And if they do and something goes wrong, they have to defend the MSP and hold the MSP harmless from anything that happens. So we've, we've talked about healthcare. We've talked about I mean, that, that, that certainly uh, covers a lot. I mean, banking, financial services would be another tremendously large uh, market segment of, of, of SMB, mid-market, and enterprise uh, MSPs. Um, just in those two areas, it, it, what, what's your general guidance or observation of the, the state of data processing negotiations between MSPs and their customers. Like I feel like it's largely after the fact. It's it's an afterthought. And they and they do that 
by signing uh, an agreement after the agreement has been um, signed and they're reopening things, as you said, and, and potentially subjecting the MSP to even greater risk. Well, well, I just feel like the MSP needs to be more assertive than the fact pattern that you described. You know, every customer should be presented with a data processing agreement that should be available to them based on the nature and extent of the engagement that you're in. If you're engaging with a, a healthcare company, when you submit to them the proposed managed services agreement, it has as an exhibit a data processing agreement that is uh, focused on HIPAA. Similarly, in the United States, financial services uh, uh, are regulated under GLBA, which has both a privacy and safeguards rules that uh, the customer and the MSP will have to comply with. And it requires uh, you know, a written agreement. And so if you're in healthcare, if you're in financial services, you need data processing terms for each segment. And, you know, our template data processing terms are modular so that if whatever vertical you're in, whatever regulation you're subject to, um, we include those in the data processing agreement and everything else is expressly disclaimed in the master. So I, I'm going to I'm going to state a, a, a hypothetical here, a hypothetical fact pattern that I, I think happens more than we realize. But it's it's the. If I'm the customer and I and you're my MSP and I and I bring a BA agreement or a data processing uh, amendment document that I want you, my MSP, to sign, it seems to me that in many cases it is a shift of liability away from the customer to the MSP to say you are going to absolve me of all this regulatory burden that I have because you're my MSP, right? And you're going to, you're going to make all that go away. Is that a fair statement or am I being unfair to, to that, you know, fact pattern? No, my experience has been that when the customers are supplying the BAAs to the vendors, they go well beyond um, just what's required and they stray into this rebalancing and reshifting of responsibility is both in terms of the regulatory piece, but they frequently will also tie a breach of the BAA and somehow try to carve it out of the limitations of liability that were in the, the master or relevant service level agreement. Right. So it can happen, you know, there's a number of different ways that a B, you know, a, a cleverly worded BAA could really shift uh, considerably more risk to the MSP than what was contemplated by the master. So, it just, so, so for me, as a general rule, risk balancing um, issues belong in the master and they're not part of the regulatory regime because there are no regulations that require the service provider to assume legal liability for an incident. Right. So, so for those of you out there taking notes, and we hope you are, what, what Rob just said is critical, right? Which is, first of all, Rob, this should not be something that a director of IT ought to be signing, right? I mean, this, this is something that a, that a business owner, uh, an executive, a C-suite person in the company ought to be reviewing and, and responsible for signing. I mean, is that 
yes, even same, debatable. Same, same parties that could sign a, a, a sign a customer at that revenue band to a new contract need to be the people who have to sign the, the so-called required for regulatory compliance agreements. Okay, but your 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 claim that the that many of these documents that you've observed actually attempt to change the limitation of liability, meaning that they're going to say, if, if there's a regulatory trigger, like you, you fail to live up to your regulatory obligation in this new BA agreement or this new data processing agreement, it's going to be outside of the limit. You, you will not be able to limit your liability. You're, you're on the hook full, full bore. Yeah. So they'll use the BAA. And then they'll have a carve out in the um, in the in, in in the master terms that says basically a violation of the the BAA is uh, not subject to the cap would have the exact outcome that you described. So it and again I, I'm I'm basing this off of my observations of how many times I've I've seen this and it's been going on for like ten years or more. And I'm sure you've seen it, but there seems to be this belief that amongst the MSPs, again, just sign it, just get away with it. And the problems are done. The customer's happy. We get to move on. The relationship is good. Everybody's smiling, but that's not at all what's happening. I mean, the, the, I, I think you had brought up earlier that, that that's not the end of that, that issue. That is now the the start of a very new and very potentially dangerous uh, relationship or 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 risk to the MSP. Could you could you elaborate on what that means? Yeah. So the point there is, you know, you signing up to the data processing terms is the way the government hooks you in to being subject to that regulation. So once you sign the HIPAA BAA, you're subject to HIPAA. You have to be able to demonstrate that you're being compliant with HIPAA. There are a number of requirements that you have to follow. HIPAA, in terms of its security rules, are among, as you said, been around a long time, fairly well developed, fairly well detailed, you know, what you have to do. And as an MSP, you're going to be able to have to be able to demonstrate that. So just by signing an agreement, does it, you know, now you're on your way to, you've got a compliance project. You're now got a compliance project as though you were the healthcare provider. You have to have the same compliance programs for HIPAA that the clinic has to have. Is it your opinion then, Rob, that after, and there's probably thousands of MSPs out there practicing in the in the U.S. alone who have signed, and probably right now as they're listening to this podcast, they're saying, "Oh my gosh, let's let's go find how many BA agreements have we signed," and and if they're really exposed to HIPAA or whatever you know regula- regulation that that impacts them, then they they now have to make good is what you're saying. They now have to be able to live up to that. It's not the end, it's the beginning of that. And they have a, a completely new set of, I don't want to say regulatory, but they, they have to be in compliance and presumably they have to demonstrate that they're in compliance, no? 
That that's exactly what I'm saying. And so it, it, it's that and the fact that that BAA may have modified the risk balancing or other provisions of your base master agreement. In your opinion, go ahead. Go ahead. Now continue. I, I was just going to say, you know, in managed services, we always have to be confronting our customers in a candid conversation about where they are with the agreement, where is the technology, where are you going with your practice, what does your stack look like, how does your go-forward stack compare to what's deployed at the customer. Uh, and this is part of it. This regulatory and and data processing terms thing is part of it. Now, I will say this. I don't think it's necessary for an MSP to get into an argument about whether or not its activity with the customer is subject to the regulation or not. Because the way I solve that is I write my data processing terms in a conditional way. For example, to the extent that the services under our agreement constitute data processing under GDPR, the following terms will apply. You don't need to get into an esoteric conversation with each customer as to whether or not what you're doing is processing. You just enter into a conditional agreement that says, if I do that, then I'll, these terms will apply. So I, I like that. And let's assume that up to this point, the MSPs may not have had language in their agreements that actually articulated this. Is that part of the reason why these BA agreements or data processing agreements are being, I'm, I'm going to call them an agreement. They're amendments, right? If, if, we're, if we're following your kind of um, um, belief, and I think it's, it's a correct one, that, that these documents are, are trying to, not trying to, they are stepping over the line and getting into contract renegotiation. Is it because the MSP's original agreement was absent? Or is it just that the customer is saying, Oh, I don't care if it's already mentioned in there. I just need to sign this again. Like, is there a compliance uh, lack of education on the part of the customer? Yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of a number of factors. Yeah, and and but but I think the point is is that the MSP needs to come forward. There'd be no reason that there wouldn't be a BAA in the file that triggered them to send you one. If you provide managed services for healthcare your standard customer contract stack contains a BAA for HIPAA. If they say they need you to change it, you say no. It's already done. It's already signed. You signed yeah. it. On the website. Here's the link. Pull it down, sign it. Yeah. <laughs> we've already signed it. This is the one we go with. If, if there's something in the regulations that you think this doesn't cover, let us know. Everything else is covered in the master agreement. So again, folks, if you're if you're paying attention, we are not saying that you shouldn't ever sign a BA agreement. What we're saying is do it at the beginning of the managed services relationship, have it expressed there, and don't sign duplicative or conflicting versions of that down the road. I mean that that seems like the the fairly simple guidance out of all of this. The other thing to think about, Charlie, is certain regulations require uh, 
the types of managed services that typical MSPs offer to include a data processing agreement, for example, in California and, and similar to GDPR. The, these regulations require a writing that describes the nature of the relationship and, and the processing that's going to take place. And they also are, are focused on, on transparency and full disclosure of any third parties that will be given access to or involved in use or sharing of their data. I, 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 I feel like I have to ask this question, but are, are, are we at the point, in your opinion, that globally speaking, MSPs ought to have a data processing agreement embedded in their document, no matter where they are, no matter what types of customers, just because it's a good thing to have and it's more than likely to be activated at some point in, in today, like end of 2021, we're at that point where most MSPs are processing data. Is that where we're at? A hundred percent. At the very least, you need in your master you know, all of the, all of the disclaimers from all of the regulations to make it clear that, you know, to the extent that the customer asks you to deal with regulated data, you know, in violation of the agreement that you're covered. But so I think every MSP's agreement needs to have significant sections on regulatory compliance, including these provisions, whether it's in a separate data processing agreement, I would say the vast majority of mature MSP's will need that. The only exception is the startup MSP that does, doesn't operate in a state that has a, a, a law similar to CCPA um, and is just getting going with you know, clearly smallish and non-regulated customers. That's an entity that could wait um, because it's going to be in the least strong position to actually comply. And so my suggestion would be, you know, get focused on verticals and regulated industries. Um, but you don't have to do that. Uh, you don't need to create the documents and the compliance initiatives if you don't really already have those customers. A fair point, but but again, back to what we said earlier. The, even the the startup MSP is likely in year one or two to come across a small dental office, a small medical practice, a small insurance agency, someone covered by healthcare or financial services, or a California customer through CCPA. I mean, it, it just seems like the the odds are in favor of even the startup MSP being exposed to some sort of data processing uh, no. threat. The threat ex existed as soon as you take on a customer. And that's why even the startup MSP needs very clear uh, regulatory language in the master agreement. Okay. Whether they're going to have a data processing agreement or not, you know, th these topics have to be addressed in the master agreement uh, in, in, in a way that will allow the um, MSP to have the upper hand in the event that something unexpected happened regarding the, cl act, you know, the client 
you know, unbeknownst to the MSP, the client was dealing with regulated data and something went wrong. So the takeaways for MSPs listening right now are as follows. Make sure your master service, your, your general managed services agreements anticipate and express data processing on behalf of your customers, number one. Number two, make sure that you are not, uh, let me rephrase, make sure you have a process for dealing with requests from customers or their compliance people to sign agreements, documents that might be in conflict with your existing master service or other service agreements with the customer, number two. And number three, make sure that once you are delivering these services that you understand whether or not your MSP practice is in compliance with those relevant areas that you are, where you are processing data. Did I, did I get the three major areas? Did I miss anything? You did not. That, that's, that's all uh, great stuff. The other thing that I want to leave the audience with is this is a worthwhile investment. Because if you could build a vertical or verticals in regulated industries like healthcare and financial services, you're going to be building the most desirable, the most profitable, and the most valuable type of managed service practice you could build. Because MSPs that are vertically focused in regulated industries tend to be valued higher than MSPs that are not vertically focused and are in non-regulated industries. So while this sounds like a lot to deal with and a big pain in the butt, it's really something that um, you probably need to be doing anyway for operational excellence and other reasons. And you look at your ability to demonstrate your compliance and your aptitude with the relevant regulations as being uh, uh, a way to develop that vertical because now you're uh, in the know. Now you're the expert on the regulations that affect IT with your customers. They're not, at, they're not telling you about HIPAA. You're telling them about HIPAA. You're helping them implement solutions for HIPAA because you not only know about it, but you have, uh, you know, you focus in this area and you can help uh, those that are subject to the regulations comply. And so I think that there's a huge opportunity in dealing with these regulations. And, and for the largest MSPs, my, my recommendation is you've got a data processing agreement that covers uh, health care, financial services, uh, covers all 50 states in the United States covers internationally GDPR and its various flavors. And, you know, truly, you know, if you think about the largest players, they are able to be global in their operations because they are able to allow customers to check the box when it comes to compliance issues. And as you are growing MSP, you've got to make the choice. Do I want to say no to this vertical altogether and not deal with it? Or is this something that I want to use as a competitive advantage uh, as we move down the road? And, and that's how I see each of these verticals that are regulated. 
Rob, but I, I, I agree with you immensely that, that, that it's solvable, right? This is not an, that this is not a, uh, an issue that is, that should, should paralyze every MSP with fear. No, no, no. It, it's, it's solvable. You, you can fix this issue and be a safe practicing MSP and convey that assurance and compliance value to your customers. You just got to do some, you got to do it in the right way. I think is what what you're saying. Don't don't make a mistake of it and add to your risk by by doing it out of order or signing documents that are in conflict with one another. Do it the right way, your way, and it's going to make everybody safer, the MSP and customer alike. Hundred percent. And you know, from the MSP's perspective, you know, all this stuff can be presented online through web based terms. Uh, it's not going to add to the paperwork. It's not going to make it more difficult to complete the sales process. You know, our approach is, um, you know, to, to plug into the sales process that's already existing. If the customer signing a quote or a proposal at this point, there would be nothing else for them to sign. We would incorporate the data processing terms into what they're signing via a link and they can go out to the web and print it and sign it if they need to. Uh, so really, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that uh, regulation of IT has increased substantially over the last 10 years. And now that we're able to use with confidence web-based terms, uh, MSPs can, can really make sure that their data processing terms and their third-party disclosure documents are all properly presented to the customer at the time of, of the transaction, but don't necessarily have to you know be printed out and create a big paperwork mess for either side. I love it. So the takeaway is folks, don't ignore data processing. Don't add to your risk. You should be lowering, not raising your risk. And if you do it the right way, you do it the Rob way, you'll actually make your MSP practice a bit more valuable. That's all for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.